Welcome to the HR Like a Boss podcast. I'm your host, John Bernadovich. Thank you so much for listening. Please consider liking, commenting, subscribing, and sharing with a friend. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals with the hope to find out what it takes to do HR like a boss. On today's show, I'm delighted to be joined by Julie Devlin. Julie works for a partner firm of ours, UKG, and I'm super excited to have you on the show today. Julie, welcome to the HR Like a Boss podcast. Thank you, John. So happy to be here today with you. Fantastic. For, for those that do not know you, tell us a little bit about your background, your career, and what you're doing these days. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I love HR. I consider myself a proud HR nerd. I started in HR when I was 23 years old. And I won't tell you how old I am today, but that was a while ago. Uh, and I got a master's in HR. Um, and the way I got into it was I graduated from undergrad and my dad said, you should get a master's degree. I said, okay. And what? He said, what about human resources? I said, what's human resources? And I still ask myself that question today. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you do too, listening. Um, but uh, that, yeah, long story longer. Uh, that was, that was the beginning of, of my career. I, I was an HRVP for 17 years. Um, I built an HR department from the ground up. I learned a lot throughout that process. And uh, now I work for UKG, uh, which is Ultimate Kronos Group. We decided to merge in the middle of a pandemic, uh, February 2020. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, HR software company. I'm an HCM advisor. I do a lot of consulting, speaking, writing, uh, and uh, also host a podcast as well. What's the name of the podcast? My, uh, our podcast, along with my colleague, Chaz Fields, it's called The People Purpose Podcast. Say that five times real fast, John. Um, People so Purpose <laughs> People Purpose Podcast, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you, you can find that on uh, any, uh, any pod, pod, podcast platform uh, where you listen. Yeah, I've checked it out in preparing for today and obviously connecting with Julie through LinkedIn in the past and with Willary being a certified partner of UKG. We're super delighted to have you on today's show and I'd love to talk about more of your experience, whatever comes to mind, whether it be from your advisory perspective today at UKG and giving that counsel advice and insight or in that 17 year career. It's funny, your story reminds me of my brother who went oldest brother who ended up going to Purdue simply because my dad told him to go there. My brother didn't know where Purdue was when they were driving to Indiana. He still didn't know where they were going to college. So I thought that was pretty cool. And it all worked out great for my oldest brother, Tony. Shout out to Tony. Shout out, Tony. Yeah, congrats. <laughs> worked out pretty good for me too. So I, I thank my dad every day. To, thanks for telling me to go work in human resources, dad. <laughs> yeah, and your podcast name is really means a lot to me and it probably get right to our first question. But there's this, I don't know if you've seen this, this concept, I've been studying purpose quite a bit uh, as a result of writing the book and this, this triple bottom line around people, purpose, and profit. Instead of it just being profit, let's look at how we measure our people. Sometimes if you read in the book, it's around how do you do good for the earth? I put that centered around purpose. Super curious to get your perspective on this very first question. I know we could probably sit here and talk about sports memorabilia or the Phillies or the Browns the whole time, because I know you're a huge Philly sports fan. We won't mention the Ravens. We'll get past that here in a second. But tell me a little bit about what your perspective is of the purpose of human resources. Yeah, I think the purpose of human resources has obviously shifted over the years. 
for those who've been in the field for 20, 30 years, that's probably a very palpable feeling uh, as things have moved on. I think today the purpose of human resources is twofold. I think the purpose is to make sure you're taking care of the people but also make sure you're taking care of the business. And I think that's a real balancing act that we have to do in human resources, especially in today's environment uh, with, the, with the pandemic. And you know, we, we can't not talk about the pandemic, right? It's changed everything. <laughs> um, so I think when human resources has been elevated, of course, in the past, when there's been a crisis, typically folks would go to the C-suite Typically, folks would go to the CFO, COO, CEO for answers. This has been a crisis of people. So what I've found is that HR is being turned to more and more for answers. HR is being turned to more and more for solutions to complex people problems, which has therefore elevated the field even more. Yeah, and the, really the genesis of the book is around driving that HR function to an amazingly awesome level. And I think it takes a little bit of thinking differently and being different for the HR professional. And that's what the book and the podcast is all about. And I really, I really appreciate that. Certainly there is that balance, that, that kind of center line, that aisle between the people and the business. And it's a very unique and complex dynamic that HR professionals have to deal with all the time. So one of the things I know we talked about in dealing with that is your ability to have I'll call crucial conversations, this idea of receiving and giving constructive feedback, whether that be in the best interest of the business and the best interest of your people, whatever the case might be. Do you have a suggestion on how people can in HR can give and receive that constructive feedback? Yeah. In my speeches, I, I say something to HR professionals that I speak to, and I say, all of us have a superpower and all of us can pass that superpower on. And I believe that superpower is the power of listening. Now, that doesn't sound very profound, but when giving and receiving constructive feedback, the power of listening is really, really impactful. I'm bad at it. Here's why. I always, <laughs> I always think about what I'm about to say next when I'm in the middle of a conversation, rather than taking in what the other person is saying to me and processing that information. I think that all of us can work on our listening skills I've certainly been working on them um, as I've moved forward in my career and in my life. Um, but I think, you know, it's easy to say constructive feedback, you know, don't take, take things personally, all of that. But let's look at it from a different perspective and let's look at it from that perspective of listening differently, listening better, really listening to what the person is saying to you and recognizing that that person is simply trying to help you understand what they are thinking. Yeah. Have you read the book, Never Split the Difference, Chris, or followed anything by Chris Boss? And I'll put you on the spot. Sorry. Yeah, no. Shaking your head. No, you haven't. No. So if you haven't, and for the listeners as well, please check that out. It's a great book. And in the, in the book, he uses the concept of empathetic listening as mm -hmm. a very strategic tactic that he used as an FBI agent negotiating with terrorists. So how can you be empathetic? How can you be empathetic to a terrorist? It was a necessity in his training to do that so that he could really take in and that idea of putting yourself in their, their shoes so that you could be empathetic. And I, I do the same thing, Julie. You sometimes wanna finish the other person's sentence and it really is a trained 
I'll call it behavior to cut that out. And every time I do it now, I apologize to people because I don't like it done to me and it's rude, but I'm working on it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I do it as well. I, I absolutely have worked on it. It's a work in progress, probably a lifelong work in progress. You know, today we're all taking in so much data, so much information. Um, we're constantly thinking of the next thing. Um, so uh, yeah, but remember that superpower, that superpower of listening, um, you all have it. <laughs> we just have to utilize it. I love that idea. That's really great. That's really great. Well, speaking of great, I have to give a plug to our sponsor, which is near and dear to my heart. Willery has been supporting the formation and continues to provide resources as it relates to putting on this podcast, the HR Like a Boss podcast. For those that don't know it, uh, Willery's purpose is to empower people and is focused on supporting mid-sized companies with their search and staffing services, along with unique client-side HR technology consulting practice, which is why we have a partnership with UKG. If you're struggling to find talent for your HR and payroll team or not getting the return on your investment in your HR technology, please visit willery.com to learn more. All right, so Julie, one of the really interesting parts of writing this book, and really I'd say the formation of it came from a presentation I did several years ago in preparing for the presentation at the beginning, and you, you are a public speaker and, and do a great job at that, I wanted to grab the group's attention because I was the last speaker of the day of the conference, meaning I was in the last subset of groups uh, at the tail end of, of a three-day conference. And so I made the bold move of putting my second slide was, I hate HR. <laughs> and I thought to myself, one of two things was going to happen. We were going to have an incredibly, I'll call it informative and constructive dialogue about what that meant. And they probably would like that, or my presentation would be five minutes and they'd get an extra 55 minutes of their life back <laughs> because they would all walk out. And I was shocked of how, like in, the, in that next 15 minutes, tears flowed. I had 25 hands raised, people shouting out words as to why people hate HR. It struck a chord with them. So I'm just curious what that means to you as a former practicing HR executive. And then probably more importantly, how, do, how does HR break down the stigma of that perception that a lot of people just don't like them. Yeah, well, let's just start here. I, I don't think the media and the pop culture does much to help our cause in HR. Obviously, we think about the, the Tobys of the world on the office. Uh, I, I also think about uh, the cartoon Dilbert and the evil HR director um, is the cat, you know, who's always out to quote unquote, get the employee. So we're sort of uh, we're sort of at a disadvantage to start out. <laughs> um, I, I think that you know when people think about HR, at least in my experience as a practitioner, whenever I would ask someone to come to my office, they would immediately think they were getting fired. And I would then I would say, well, why? What did you do? What do you feel? Why do you think you're getting fired? Meanwhile, maybe I just wanted to talk to them, or maybe I just needed them to sign something or whatever. So. You know, I think, uh, and, and another thing, my office was uh, right by the copier. So I would see people all the time. And sometimes folks would tend to avoid me and I would wonder why. And a little bit of a guilty conscience there, I think. But how do we as HR professionals break down that stigma? Certainly it's not something that we're going to dis dismantle on an individual basis. However, you can work to within your company culture. I think step one is having an open door policy and being visible. You know, managers 
see employees every day, typically. We in HR, depending upon the size of the organization, the scope, et cetera, oftentimes we don't. Oftentimes, uh, employees only see us or hear from us when we need something from them or they need something from us. You know, what if we worked to reach out to employees in a different way? What if we worked to humanize ourselves as an HR person and profession <laughs> um, in, in a different way? And, and what those ways are would vary based upon, you know, company, whether it's uh, communications via email, via text, via bulletin board, whatever. Um, just, just so folks know that HR is there if, if, if they need something uh, beyond the norm. Yeah, I love that. The, the front of the house, like the face of the organization, as you mentioned in, the, in your opening statement around purpose, how HR's role has moved to the first place to go. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times HR has had this back of the house role in a lot of companies. And for them to transition from one place in the organization to another is, is a big, it's a big transformation. It's not for the faint of heart. And for some people in HR, they don't want to do that. And so that's kind of the idea behind the book and, and challenging people to look at their role a little differently because we've got to be more strategic. We've got to be more consultative in that sense. Your listening suggestion was another great one. Thanks. Yeah, I think the the strategy and 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 all of that um, has certainly the, the the environment, the work environment, our culture, the pandemic, et cetera, ha that has lent itself to us having to be more strategic. Um, but I think it also lends itself to us having to appear more human and empathetic. And I know that a lot of folks sometimes roll their eyes when we talk about empathetic leadership and we think, oh, you know, well, I paid my dues as an employee. That's not how employees today are viewing the workplace. That's not how they're viewing uh, their employer. And we have to adapt to them um, rather than the other way around. So I definitely think that's a thing too. To the point now where there's this concept going around of uh, compassion fatigue, people are just getting uh, kind of over the idea of all the compassion that has to feel because we were all put in the same exact boat come March 2020. And first time in the history, at least in, in, of my life, where everyone had that one really concerning thing in common. And it was really interesting to see how the world evolved in that sense and still we're still doing it we're still we're still migrating through all that yeah it's funny that you mentioned the, the the boat uh we are all in the same boat but something that i've learned over the past two and years and some odd change however long we've been in this thing and something that i think could help hr directors and even managers is to recognize yes we are all in the same boat but all of us haven't been in the same kind of boat some of us throughout this pandemic have been in a yacht some of us have been in a speedboat. Some of us have been in a dinghy. And then there's some folks who haven't even had a boat and they've just been holding on to the life vest if they even have that, maybe even treading water. So just looking at our humanity and recognizing that empathetic leadership is part of that, I think can really be helpful when it comes to getting rid of that I hate HR uh, <laughs> uh, mentality. Yeah. Well, cool. I'll get you out of here on my last question we have sure. for every single guest. Obviously, the podcast is called HR Like a Boss. The book is called HR Like a Boss. So I'm curious, Julie, how would you describe someone that does HR Like a Boss? The way that I would describe someone that does HR Like a Boss is coming to work and being authentic yourself. 
So being your authentic self, whether, you know, that's the way you dress, whether that's the way you speak, obviously within professional parameters. Um, However, uh, I think that when we are not our authentic selves, people can feel that energy. And I think that uh, people will appreciate us more uh, when we appear human as well, when we appear vulnerable even as well. Um, when we can empathize, sympathize, and understand what other people are going through, and even tell small antidotes of our own lives, so that way we can relate to employees. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, I will do a quick recap, as I always do on the show. There's a couple things that stood out to me. I'm curious to our listeners, as you recount Julie's awesome comments and insight, and if you, again, you're curious about all things HR or how UKG can make a difference in your organization, please reach out to Julie on LinkedIn. And if you want to know anything about sports memorabilia or the Philadelphia Phillies lineup, assuming that we play baseball this year, she's also a subject matter expert on that and incredibly passionate about it. But to that point, being your authentic self, being vulnerable in that, that leadership that you had, you talked about empathetic leadership and compassion this idea of open door policy and kind of this transition, I use the words front of house from back of house. I think as, as we look at, you know, you might compare yourself to if for many of us start our careers working in restaurants, you understand that concept. I think there's also a, a part of it in this I hate HR about a brand transition that has to happen because of this perception of characters that existed that were easy to poke fun of HR in the past that we as professionals have to navigate through that and, and reprioritize the way people and per- perceive us in, in, in by, by the actions that we take. And then I also loved your superpower of listening. That's kind of the, the number one thing I took away from today. How can we continue just to be better listeners and friends and, and making sure people feel heard? What, what a powerful uh, opportunity that is. And then last but not least was balancing the taking care of the people while taking care of the business. There's definitely a Uh, an an aspect of that. There's a formula to that that allows a business to thrive and people to do amazingly awesome work. So Julie, I hope you like the podcast. I know you're a pro at this host one yourself, got you on the other side of it. And uh, we, we did just fine. I think it was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you for checking out the HR like a boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating or review and better yet subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.